You are listening to Justice for All, a podcast brought to you by the law offices of Scarpello and Latour. Each week, our experts provide insight on topics involving the law, entertainment, and sports. And now, without further ado, put your hands together for the host of Justice for All, Josh Scarpello and Pierre Latour. Welcome back to the Justice for All podcast. My name is Pierre Latour. I'm here with my partner, Josh Scarpello. Hello again, everybody. Um, it is the Christmas season. We are recording this now the week before Christmas. And in the spirit of the season and the spirit of forgiveness, we're going to talk about a program now called ARD. Uh, this is a program which is available in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. ARD stands for? Accelerated Rehabilitative Disposition. It's actually a statute that was passed by the Pennsylvania legislature that enables the district attorneys of every county to select cases, normally misdemeanor cases, um, for a an alternate resolution rather than going to trial. It's a great deal. Uh, think of uh, the game Monopoly and your get-out-of-jail-free card. It is an opportunity to keep your record clean, to not have a conviction, um, and during you know, the subject of today's podcast will be the terms and conditions that are required, what, what you will be required of you if you get the program, and what types of cases typically go in the program and what they're looking for. So we're going to start with um, ARD and a definition and the terms. Pierre, why don't you tell everybody uh, a little bit more about the ARD program and what type of cases go into ARD? Sure. Um, and again, there's no hard and, and fast rules here. I'm going to give you general guidelines and then we'll go into more specifics. But the general rule for ARD is that is for first time nonviolent offenders. And what that means is first time, okay, that seems pretty self-explanatory. You can't have a prior conviction, right? For anything. Usually. Well, question, question, first yep. question. Let's say this is for this this also includes any juvenile dispositions, any juvenile adjudications. What if you were in trouble under the age of 18? Are you still eligible for ARD once you're an adult? Uh, you can be. Again, it depends on what happened with your juvenile case. If you were, and this is a tangent, but if you were adjudicated delinquent, which is the same way as being found guilty as a juvenile, for something fairly serious, uh, say uh, a felony robbery or burglary or aggravated assault, that would probably disqualify you from ARD. As an adult, as long as you don't have a prior conviction, you are going to be eligible. Again, also, the other requirement is that the crime that you're charged with has to be normally a nonviolent crime. That means if you're normally charged with aggravated assault, robbery, burglary normally, any type of sexual assault or any such charge such as that, you are almost automatically going to be disqualified from ARD. The prototypical ARD case that you see most commonly in Pennsylvania and New Jersey is a DUI charge, right? DUI is a nonviolent offense, again, with certain restrictions, assuming you don't get into an accident or you don't injure anybody or you don't have a child in the vehicle under the age of 14. By statute, if, if you have a child in your car under the age of 14, you will not get ARD with DUI unless the district attorney's office makes a special dispensation in your case. But the general rules are that, again, 
first time nonviolent offense, and then you file an application to the district attorney's office because these programs are not run by the courts, they're run by the district attorney's office. And that's an important point. Um, this is a program enacted by the legislature that gives the power to the district attorney of each county to make this decision. Now, unfortunately, what that means is we can't go over the head of the district attorney, um, Scarpell and Latour or any defense attorney out there, meaning we can't go to the judge and say, judge, please give us this break. The district attorney of the county of which you are prosecuted has final say and determination under this statute to determine which cases are appropriate for this, you know, first-time offender program. We talked about a lot of terms there, Pierre, um, in your intro, um, and I, I think it might be helpful to define a little bit more. First of all, we've, we've used the terms felonies and misdemeanors. Now, they're both crimes, but what's the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor and what kind of crimes, felonies or misdemeanors or both, are appropriate for the ARD program? Well, normally, again, general rule is that felonies, which are the more serious of the two, are not eligible for ARD. The only difference between the only difference between a felony and a misdemeanor really is the amount of punishment, right? Uh, whereas a felony of the first degree, the maximum punishment under the law is 20 years in jail. The maximum punishment for a misdemeanor of the first degree is only five years in jail. But they are both final convictions. That's important to understand. Yes, yes. Either one is would result in a conviction, right? And that's what people are trying to avoid, especially people that are charged with, with uh, a charge like DUI, which could happen to a lot of people. They want to keep their record clean so that, you know, for employment purposes, for applying to uh, a new school or grad school or a new opportunity, many uh, employers and schools will do, it's very common to do a background check. A misdemeanor, although it is a lower crime and has lower penalties, is still something that if you are convicted of will remain on your record for the rest of your life with very few exceptions. And unless may, unless you get a pardon. Correct. Right. And we may talk about that toward the end. But right now, let's talk about the, uh, we talked about the felonies and misdemeanors. Let's talk about the criteria for getting into uh, an ARD program. Now, Pierre, you mentioned DUI cases, um, which is probably the number one case across the state of Pennsylvania for which people are admitted into the ARD programs. Does that mean that other misdemeanor crimes or any specific types of crimes are excluded? No, no. I mean, and, and this is where it gets into you know kind of specifics. Again, this is at the discretion of the district attorney's office, whether you're in Philadelphia County, Bucks County, Chester County, you know, Dauphin County, wherever you are. They run the program. They all have their own different rules. In fact, I, I think I recall uh, we've handled cases out in York County where they have a panel that votes on whether or not your client is accepted in ARD. Is that true? Yes, it's not a very fair panel, I'll tell you that. You know who gets the vote when you're charged in, 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 in Berks County? The victim of the crime gets a vote, the district attorney gets a vote, and the probation office gets a vote. Most times when those people are on, you know, are, are your judges, you're not going to do well unless you have a really compelling case. But the statute that we're talking about that enables ARD enables each county district attorney to make ultimately make the, you know, the, the, the criteria for admission and also gives them the final say. So cases in, say, Philadelphia County that may get into the ARD program courtesy of the district attorney's office of Philadelphia, if you're in another more conservative county, such as maybe Bucks or Berks or Lancaster, you may get the same charge. They may tell you no. Right. 
in, in Philadelphia, we have been able to get our clients ARD for felony cases before. I've gotten uh, ARD for aggravated assault, which is a felony. I've gotten ARD for people charged with violation of the Uniform Firearms Act, which is a felony of the third degree, which is carrying a a gun uh, without a permit, you know, either concealed on your person or in a vehicle. Uh, the district attorney's office in Philadelphia and the current administration has taken a more liberal stance on ARD. And again, though, it's up to your attorney to make sure to advocate on your behalf. This isn't a simple thing in Philadelphia where you simply fill out a one-sheet you know, application, send it in and cross your fingers. You need somebody who can advocate strongly on your behalf. This usually inquires, requires a lengthy letter to the district attorney's office backed by school records or work records and references from co-workers or family or friends because you have to make that case. You're, they're making an exception, right? I mean, no, this isn't a DUI. If you go to the court and you say, hey, uh, I got a client into ARD last year who was charged with robbery, right? And the reason I was able to get him in there was because I was able to make a pretty compelling case to the district attorney's office that it wasn't a real robbery case. Um, it was basically an argument over, you know, money that was owed in which it was I had pretty clear and convincing evidence that the complainant in the case was lying. And now you may ask yourself, well, then what? You know, if you had all this evidence that, you know, that the complainant was lying and it wasn't a strong case, well, why wouldn't you take the case to trial? And and this is where ARD comes into and, and the calculation really becomes the classic, you know, one in the hand, two in the bush, right? And we have this conversation with clients all the time. ARD is so attractive because if you are accepted into the ARD program, it's 100% guaranteed that not only will you not have a record, but your but your uh, arrest will be expunged. It'll literally be like the incident never happened. You do When you get into the ARD program, the client does not enter a guilty plea. The client never goes into court and says, I did it, I'm pleading guilty, and then it does some conditions, and then that will be removed. What happens is ARD literally puts the case on hold, you enter into a, a, an agreement with the government in which the client will agree to stay out of trouble, which means not be arrested, sometimes pay a fine, sometimes do community service, sometimes do other, some other requirement that the court you know, or the district attorney office thinks is, is, is required. And if you complete those conditions, the agreement is, is that in most counties, the government will simply withdraw the case and then your attorney can go in and file an expungement. In Philadelphia County, the new in the last couple of years, they now do automatic expungements, which means that any record at all of the arrest or the case is simply erased and expunged from all databases. Right, and that's significant because, and I, I like to liken it to a contract. You're making a contract with the government to put the case on hold, as Pierre said, and then typically you're on they're, you're placed on an unsupervised period of probation which means that there will, there will be a file open on you in the probation office of the county where you uh, are are serving this unsupervised probation but you're you're typically not going to be you're not going to be treated like somebody who's convicted of a crime meaning you're not going to have to report on a weekly or monthly basis now you may have to complete other conditions as Pierre mentioned like community service restitution if there was a property cr- uh, crime involved or if there was damage involved um, they may also ask you to take certain classes to address certain aspects of uh, the, the, the crime that they think uh, need to be addressed. This happens a lot in DUI cases where one of the standard conditions is 
if you if you get accepted into the ARD program for DUI, you have to uh, submit to a drug and alcohol evaluation from the probation office and then comply with any treatment that they may recommend, such as maybe an outpatient counseling or go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, they also will, will require of every DUI, um, every person that's charged with DUI that gets into ARD to take a safe driving course. Uh, that's a standard condition um, that you can expect for ARD for any DUI case. Now, if it's a non-DUI case, the basic uh, condition of a, a non-supervising period, period of probation, that, that you can expect that. You can also expect to pay the court costs for the case. And you may uh, expect other conditions as are appropriate to, to the facts of your specific case. Like I said before, restitution if there was some broken or damaged property. But the benefit is you never have to worry about going into court and arguing, arguing your case before a judge or a jury and potentially losing that case. And then potentially having a, a conviction, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony which is on your record for the rest of your life. Unless you screw up your ARD conditions, which and that and that's the reason why it's important to understand you're not entering a plea. Literally your case is put on hold. If you violate the terms of your ARD, which can be if you get a new arrest. So for example, uh, you pick up a DUI, you get in, we, you get placed into the ARD program, it puts your case on hold while you complete the conditions, one of those being to basically remain arrest-free for six months or sometimes a year. If in that time period you get arrested for another DUI, you're not found guilty of the first DUI, right? The case is simply put back into the system and you're prosecuted now, right? And then you have to go to trial and hope that you beat it because, as Mr. Scarpello or Josh has told you, um, the danger being is that if you are convicted, that's going to be something permanent. You can't get it expunged. And that brings us to our next topic, expungements, uh, which we're going to get into right after this uh, break. And a word from our new sponsors, we're excited to announce that the Justice for All podcast has already found its first sponsors. It's our friends at Jose Pistola's. Um, so we're going to hear from them briefly, and then uh, we'll be right back. And welcome back to Justice for All. I'm Josh Scarpello. Now, we've been talking during this segment about ARD, the, the pluses and minuses. We talked about the types of cases that will, will be accepted for ARD. We've talked about the conditions that the county prosecutors may put on a person who is accepted into ARD. And we've talked about... Um, the length of time that you can expect to, to be under supervision before your case is ultimately resolved. The deal with ARD, like we said before, is it's a contract with the government. You're typically put on a period of probation, usually around six months, usually typically six months for a case like a DUI case. Once you condition, Once that person completes the conditions, Pierre, once that person has served the non-reporting period of probation, the next thing that would happen is what? What happens when you come back to court? Are you required to come back to court? 
you're, you're not required to come back to court. Uh, normally, what should happen is that you should receive a letter from your probation officer saying it's called an ARD completion letter, which will certify that you have completed the terms of your ARD. Well, what's the next step? The next step should be an expungement. Um, it's not automatic unless you're in Philadelphia. If you're in Philadelphia County, they are now automatic. Now, hold on. I get We get this question all the time, so it's worth bringing up. Mm-hmm. An expungement. Can you an exp- sure. can you expunge a, a criminal conviction if you were if you were all previously been convicted of any crime say three four five years ago are you eligible for an expungement no and we and we get those phone calls every month where somebody will call up and say hey I was convicted of um I pled guilty to a misdemeanor and I only got probation five years ago I want to get it expunged and unfortunately our answer is always well you can't get it expunged. Any adult conviction that's above a summary, and a summary is the lowest possible level of crime that goes felony, misdemeanor, summary. So if you have a felony conviction as an adult, if you have a misdemeanor conviction as an adult, it doesn't matter if you never went to jail. It doesn't matter if you only had probation and a fine. It doesn't matter if you never even had probation. If you have an adult conviction for a felony or misdemeanor, that conviction will be on your record for the rest of your life unless you get a pardon, which is a topic for another day. So uh, what can be expunged? Any arrest that didn't result in a conviction, any arrest that resulted in ARD or a diversion program, any adult conviction that was a summary only, and juvenile adjudications. So if you were arrested as a juvenile, which means you were under the age of 18 most likely, And even if it was something serious, like a robbery or an aggravated assault or a burglary, where you were adjudicated delinquent, which really means you were found guilty as a juvenile, those are still eligible for an expungement under certain circumstances. Usually at least five years had to have passed since the end of your adjudication or supervision, and during those five years, you must not have incurred any new arrests. But those can be expunged, and what an expungement means is Everything is wiped out. There is no record. Because here's another question we get all the time: is that clients will call us up maybe after they've completed ARD, or maybe they maybe you know somebody else handled their ARD, and they call up and they say, "Hey, you know, I looked up my record the other day, and it just says ARD approved, but the arrest is still showing, and that's true." Until you file an expungement, even though you have not entered any type of plea, if somebody runs your record, they'll see your arrest for DUI, and it won't show any type of disposition. To get that erased, you have to file an expungement, which is a petition with the court that then, Josh, tell us what tell us what the procedure is then. Right. Um, so uh, you, you explained what cases are eligible for an expungement. An expungement um, in order to uh, get an expungement at the completion of an ARD probation, your lawyer, Scarpello and Latour, would file a motion with the judge asking them to issue an order, which is then distributed. Once that order is granted, they send an order to the local agency or police department that arrested you, the Court of Common Pleas that handled your case, the Pennsylvania State Police, who are the official record keepers of all um, uh, criminal convictions in Pennsylvania and the orders will tell them to destroy the records, any police reports, mug shots as well as fingerprints um, c- completely destroy them and take them out of the police database so that you know in the future if somebody was to do a background check after an expungement has been approved and completed, they would not be able to see that you were arrested at one time and charged with whatever charge that you resolved through the ARD program. That's the benefit of the expungement. You can't do this with a conviction. 
That's why we, that's why I liken it to a get a get out of jail free card. This is a way to keep your record clean, and this is vital important for people with professional careers. Pierre, we've we've, we've uh, you know we have handled DUI cases for doctors and lawyers and pharmacists and people that are required to report every year to some sort of accreditation uh, service and inform that that service uh, in order to renew their professional license whether they have been arrested for or convicted of any kind of crimes during that past calendar year. I can't tell you how many times we've had this. You know, a DUI is a great example because it's a crime that kind of transcends uh, different populations and different backgrounds. It could happen to just about anybody, and it often does. But if you are a working professional that relies on that license, whether it be your CFO license or uh, your accounting license or your law license or your medical license, it's vitally important to get uh, any background um, conviction or even an arrest expunged and taken off your record, and that's what an expungement will provide you. Now, you can only get an expungement once you've made it through the uh, probation period as, and also completed the conditions of your ARD probation and also paid all the fines and costs that the county will assess you. And, you know, depending on what county you're in, you can expect fines and costs upwards of 500 to almost $1,000, but they will give you the full period of probation to pay off those fines and costs. Once you've done what you are required to do, your lawyer at Scarpello and Latour will file this motion with the Court of Common Pleas where the case was ha- handled. The district attorney of that uh, county is then notified of your expungement petition. And, and they can object to it, too, or you actually sometimes will have to have a hearing in front of a judge. That's correct. And, and you know, the, the law is on your side in a DUI scenario or in many of these uh, misdemeanor scenarios where you are granted ARD and successfully complete the district attorney's program. The district attorney is not going to have much of a leg to stand on. But in, in other arenas, we've seen people that have been charged with crimes years past have those and have seen those charges dropped for one reason, or maybe they've taken the case to trial and won the case. You know, you could be charged with a crime, go all the way to a jury trial and win. But when you do a criminal background check on yourself, you're still going to find evidence that you were arrested at one time. And following up on that, I've been astounded the number of times that we've encountered it where the district attorney's office have objected to our expungement motions for cases that we've won, right? Where our clients have either been found not guilty or the charges have been dismissed and we filed an expungement and the district attorney's office will you know, actually object to the expungement. The good news is it's not their decision. While ARD is their decision, when you're filing an expungement, it ultimately comes down to a judge. So, so there are certain circumstances where we have shown up before and had to argue it where a judge has had to rule in our favor and then say, you know, I note your objection, Commonwealth, but I'm going to grant it. As, as you said, Josh, it's a court order. It is a court order that's sent now not only to the local uh, police department, to the Pennsylvania State Police, but also to the FBI. Every single database in the country that has your record is sent an order. It's not an option. It's not a request. It's an order that they must destroy all of their files relating to your arrest. Um, and that's why it's also important 
that you have attorneys that know what they're doing and experience at these types of uh, legal proceedings because they're not always smooth. They're not always, you know, hey, everybody just go along, get along. You will find a lot of district attorney's offices out there that will give you pushback or static on these expungement petitions. So let's review just a little bit. If you've been charged with a crime, whatever that crime may be, if you've never been convicted before or maybe never even arrested before, your first thought should be to hire Scarpello and Latour to handle your case. But this, the, ne- the next conversation you should be having with them is, am I el- eligible for the ARD program? We've talked about the, the criteria. We've talked about the types of cases that are eligible. And we've also talked about after completing the conditions and your ARD probation, how to get the actual evidence of your record, any records, any police reports, any mugshots, any fingerprints, physically destroyed forever so that that, that aberration in your life, that one time when um, you may have been arrested, will not come back and haunt you for the rest of your life. If you've been arrested in Philadelphia or anywhere in Pennsylvania, This law that we're talking about, ARD, may apply to your case. To find out if it does, contact the lawyers here at Scarpello and Latour at 215-732-0460. If you have a question and you want to contact us by email, visit us on our website, www.phillybestdefense.com. When we come back, we're going to uh, we're going to do a new uh, segment called Face Off. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about this week's big football game and Face Off. The Justice for All podcast is sponsored by Jose Pistolas. Jose Pistolas is your neighborhood bar with a huge sports problem. If you want the best in modern Mexican cuisine and a side of crushing margaritas while being surrounded by the best draft list and craziest staff in town, Head down to Jose Pistolas, located at 263 South 15th Street in the heart of the city of brotherly love. We're back, and uh, this is a new segment uh, that uh, we're going to call Face Off, uh, of course named after the famous 1997 John Woo classic Face Off starring John Travolta and... Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, the one of the greatest actors of all time. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, you're missing out. Uh, just in a nutshell, I, like uh, Travolta plays a just crazed FBI agent tracking uh, Cage, who's uh, Castor Troy, this over this incredibly evil terrorist. And I forget why, but at some point they literally switch faces, like they get their other faces on each other. It's confusing when you're watching the movie because you forget who's who. It's, so it's, it's just dumb. It's John Woo. Everything's in slow motion. There's doves flying and, and 27 gun battles. But tra- treat yourself if you haven't seen Face Off. But we call it Face Off because what's going to happen is that Josh and I are going to switch places here. As you've heard before from the other podcasts, again, uh, Josh is a lo- lifelong resident of Philadelphia, huge Eagles fan, as most people are around here. I am the literal black sheep of the city because I'm not from Philadelphia. I grew up in Boston, but somehow something happened during my childhood. I was dropped on my head or something like that, and I became a Cowboys fan. So I am a Cowboys fan living in Philadelphia. 
and we are recording this on December 20th. Uh, so we're late in the NFL season, and this Sunday at 4 o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field is the showdown of showdowns for the NFC East between two 7-7 seven and seven teams because somebody actually has to win the NFC East. So the Cowboys are playing... The Eagles for the NFC's championship. So for face-off, what we're going to do is that we're going to switch places. And we are Josh is going to argue for the Cowboys and tell you why the Cowboys are going to win the game on Sunday. And I will be arguing for the Eagles and telling you why the Eagles are going to win the game. So Josh, you know... Take take the take the mic and, and tell us why the Cowboys are absolutely winning on Sunday. You know, part of being a good advocate is being able to see the argument from both sides. This reminds me that of, is a good point. of moot court competitions <laughs> back in law school where you're forced to argue both sides of the point and uh, it, it's it's a very good exercise in just trying to become a better uh, advocate for different positions, even ones that you clearly don't support or believe in. Um, yes, I will I will tell you why the Cowboys are going to be the 2019 NFC East champions, but it does not give me any joy to say these words. The Cowboys have had the Eagles number the last three games. So they're on a three-game winning streak. I think they're I think they're five and one in their last six. Six and I think that I think five and one in their last six at the link. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I read that today. Okay. Five and one in their last six at the link, which is almost hard to believe. It's it's a weird uh you know, it's a really weird thing to say because the Cowboys against the rest of the league look just as bad as the Eagles. Yeah. No. But when they play the Eagles, and I think because of matchups it is just a scenario where one team has another team's number, and the Cowboys are going to win this weekend because, among other things, they have the, the the Eagles' number. I think it starts with the best player on that team, and it's not Dak Prescott. I think it's still Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, and even though the the, the Eagles are ranked in like the top three in rushing defense. The past three times he's played them, he's ran over 100 yards. I think I saw something, too, that said he's averaging 95 yards rushing in, like, the last, like you said, six games they've played, maybe. It's amazing. And either because they, I don't know, they don't put the focus on him enough or they just don't have the linebackers to run him down and stop him. They certainly have a strong defensive line, but... Who are the Eagles' starting linebackers this weekend? Do well, you know, it, it could be that uh, it, it could be the guy, the white guy, Carrie, will, will have to play a lot. <laughs> the white I, guy. There's some in-depth analysis right there. The white a, guy, Carrie. White guy, Carrie. If that's his name, <laughs> I'm not even sure. But I, I know he wears a number in the 40s, and he's a white guy. And the I just read today that their their starting backer. Um, Oh my gosh! With these names, Camille Buja Hill. Thank you. Yes. Bujer Hill is now done for the season. Needs yes. needs surgery, mm-hmm. uh, thus depleting even more uh, uh, linebacker core that was suspect at best. And really, that's been you know one of the storylines for the Eagles, and one of the reasons I really don't like them this week. They're as banged up as any team can be. They do not have any of their any. Think about this: they don't have any of their three starting wideouts that were projected at, at the beginning of the year. Lost Deshaun Jackson in week two. Yeah, that uh, was a surprise. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> Alshon Jeff. Well, he caught two touchdown passes in that first game. I was there. You probably figured that's enough for a while. Um, 
you know, Nelson Aguilar is a no-go. Another big loss. Alshon (laughs) Jeffrey is another no-go. So, I mean, they're trotting out uh, literally practice squad players. Greg Ward, I know, is a great story. But he's been in the league on a practice squad for four years. But what about Carson Wentz? You have Carson Wentz. I'm going to tell you, this is going to pain me and a lot of. <laughs> I wish fans. I wish the listeners could see the look on your face That's as you're right. about to say this. Carson Wentz. Oh, say it! You're going to say it. Is not a good thrower of the football. Oh, I didn't. Th- I thought you were going to say something different. No, you wanted me to go. I all wanted way you down. to say that it, that Dak was better. Uh, I don't think Dak is a very great quarterback either, but he he plays better and within himself. I think Carson Wentz's biggest problem is he's not a natural pocket passer, which is the way this Eagles offense, at least through Peterson, you know, is sort of designed. His skills are running to the outside, scrambling. You know, he's got a big, strong arm. That throw he made last week was one of the greatest throws I've ever the seen. The one to Sanders in oh the corner? Yeah, I don't know oh how he God. got that in there. But if you ask him to stand in the pocket – and make the same throw. I'm not sure he can do it, and I don't know why. But I, I think it just—it's the way he's always played football. He's a big, strong, athletic guy. Some guys are very comfortable being with all that chaos around them. Some guys aren't, and maybe he's always relied on his athleticism to the point where he hasn't focused enough. But and I don't want to keep bringing back Nicky Foles' name, although you know. But you will. I will. <laughs> he will always be a legend here. But they built a statute for him. They, 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 he played here for a year. He not even a year. He played here for half a season. Won a Super Bowl. You know, sort of freakishly. Well, now that they have, and they put a statue up out in front of the out of, out of the side of the stadium. Well, it looks like they're going to run him out of Jacksonville next year after one. He, whole he year. is available. He might be available right. if you pick up his contract. That's what I mean. It's going to be him. Uh, him backing up Wentz, and then Sudfeld will be. I mean, it'll, it'll just be like old times. I can't wait till he's on the sideline again next Sudfeld year. Sudfeld too. All right. Um, but you know, the, the overall, uh, my overall evaluation of this game, and it pains me to say this: the Cowboys are healthier. The Cowboys are definitely more talented right now at their skill positions, and certainly, and I think I have an overall more talented team on both sides of the ball. And the Eagles are suffering from a rash of injuries that has really limited um, the the players around Carson Wentz. And we keep expecting Carson Wentz to be Aaron Rodgers, you know, to just single-handedly run around and win games based on his supreme talent. I am come to the realization or maybe the conclusion that, and I'm not saying he can't get better, he's a good quarterback, not great. In Mm -hmm, in, in, In certain situations, he's going to look phenomenal. But to think that he's going to strap this team, which is was dead almost so many times in this year, and only because of just a pitiful NFC East. But and what I, about the comeback wins against the Giants and the Redskins? No, was, that doesn't I, count for anything? I mean, does that really count as a comeback <laughs> when you beat two teams with a combined, what, five wins? <laughs> I uh, mean, it counts you know, for something. I, I mean, if you come back and beat the freshman team and you're the varsity <laughs> team, is that really a great comeback? Wins a win. A win is a win. <laughs> now that is true with the NFL, but I think um, I think they're asking a lot of the Eagles in this scenario. I wish I could say the home field would be a big advantage, but ultimately it hasn't been. Not against this team, which leads, leads me back to my original. But do you point. really think? Do you really think that it's not going to be an advantage for you're playing the Cowboys? It's a Sunday four o'clock game. 
you know, before Christmas, a lot of people are probably off. They're going to be at the parking lot at what? What are they? They open the parking lot what? Eight hours beforehand? Oh, be, I mean, whenever they're legally allowed to open that. My brother <laughs> I mean, Joe. My brother Joey works for the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> and I'll tell you a funny story. He was, my, I was talking to my mother the other night, and I said, "Well, you know, if certain things turn out, they could, you know, they could ha- they could host a home game." Right. And my mom says, "Oh, your brother Joey would hate that." I said, "Why? Why? Mom, why would he hate that?" She said, "Because he's responsible. He works for the Department of Recreation in Philadelphia." He's responsible to go down and open up one of the tailgating lots at like five thirty in the oh, morning. God, like when there's a one o'clock game, they're allowed right. to open it up at like it's five. Like a w- line of Winnebagos, and probably waiting to come in. Every time he gets there, according to my mother, there's two or three people already waiting for him <laughs> to open the gates and complaining. <laughs> so yes, they right because they wanted to get in at four thirty. I mean, I don't know how much beer you can drink from five thirty to one, but apparently right. it's a lot. Yeah, I think it's a lot. And and you know, look, I will give the Eagles fans their due. They will be ready. They will be drunk as skunks. And they will be their normal, angry, belligerent, hostile crowd. I just hope, you know, I hope it has the kind of effect, like, you know, well, let me say it this way. It hasn't proven to be the home field advantage against this team that you would hope it would be. But I hope it I hope it does play a factor this week because, quite frankly, the Eagles, the Eagles are big dogs in my mind in this game. And well, the gonna, line the line's only one and a half. Cowboys are favored. Last I checked, the Cowboys were favored by one and a half, which is almost a pick 'em, right? That's right. And the line is moving is moving in a, in an Eagles direction. Yeah, I think is, the money's money's the late money's going in on the Eagles. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised that if by kickoff that was like a pick 'em line, no. especially with the Prescott injury. Why don't you make all those Eagles fans out there feel better, Pierre, <laughs> and tell us why they're going to win? Well, I'll preface this by saying is that. I prove week in and week out that everything I know about the NFL is wrong. Um, I, I do enjoy gambling every once in a while. I was so confident that the Cowboys were not going to win. I bet $100 on the Cowboys last week in that Rams game. And, and, and that was, I think the Rams were giving one and a half. As you know, the Rams lost by 20. Uh, I did not see that game coming at all. But... That's exactly why I'm going to tell you why the Eagles are going to win this game. Uh, for any number of reasons. Um, number one, you know, th- these games aren't played on paper. Uh, on paper, uh, the Cowboys are the better team. On paper, they have the b- better players, like you said, at the skill positions. You know, on paper, the Cowboys team is an 11 or 12 win team. They're 7 and 7. As, you know, Bill Parcell said, you are what your record says you are. And what that tells me is that the Cowboys are a 500. They're a mediocre team. Um, the number one thing I, my, my number one concern, and I think the reason why the Eagles win this game is Jason Garrett. Uh, I think the Cowboys, I think the Eagles, because of their playing at home, because they're going to be fired up, um, can keep the game close, and in close late games, I think coaching matters. And I can see Garrett doing one or two. I mean, for God's sake, last week, I mean, it wasn't really his fault, but did you see last week the Cowboys almost kicked the ball off at both halves, right? Yeah. They kicked off, they kicked off, and then because they didn't use the word defer appropriately or early enough, the original ruling was that they were going to have to kick off in the second half. I've been watching football for 40 years. I didn't even know that was a rule, but apparently the Cowboys were almost the first team until the league stepped in and said, "Okay, with well, you know, they, they get the ball back in the second half." Right. But well, Donovan McNabb didn't know you could the game could, end, could end in a tie. So there's. But a lot I of- knew that. I, 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 as opposed to Donovan, I did know that games could end in ties. But 
Uh, you know, the Cowboys, they just, they make me nervous and, and they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team that, you know, I, I, I've gotten all their games wrong recently when they were playing the Bills on Thanksgiving, I thought for sure they were going to win that game. I, I thought this, it was a big game for them. It's Thanksgiving. It's always a big game for Dallas. Buffalo's got to travel on a short week and Buffalo's not that good. And that game wasn't even close. Buffalo just ran them over. Um, and then the same thing with Chicago, and and Chicago was more dangerous because it was on the road. But Dallas went in there, and they got steamrolled by a bad Chicago team. And I'll point out the Eagles beat both of those teams rather easily, right? right? The Eagles right. beat. I mean, Buffalo put up a bit of a fight for a half. Chicago was never in that game. Buffalo was probably the only game I thought the Eagles looked really pretty solid yeah. the, the whole and, way through. And what was the key to that Buffalo win? It was Miles Sanders, right? Yeah, yeah. He had a great game. Miles Sanders had another big game last week. What's the Achilles heel for the for the Cowboys? It's been their run defense. Now, they stopped the Rams last week because Todd Gurley's got bone on bone or something like that. But I think that, you know, what Wentz has done a very good job this year of limiting turnovers, right? Except when he fumbles. But he hasn't been throwing a lot of picks. Um, he's still got Zach Ertz. You know, everybody, you know, Eagles fans, you know, I understand the concern about you don't have any receivers. Well, you do. You have your number one receiver, right? And that's the most important thing is that Zach Ertz, I don't care about Alshon Jeffries or Nelson Aguilar or any of those guys. Your number one receiver happens to be your tight end, and he's a top five tight end. You know, I heard an interesting stat today that might point well for the Eagles was, you know, time of possession since in 17 – the Eagles were number one in time of possession. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were second in time of possession. Right. And this year, they're also running second in time of possession, I think only to um, Baltimore, they were saying, the Ravens. Oh, okay. I just find that interesting because, I, I mean, I, uh, Dougie gets uh, – Peterson gets criticized all the time around here, and yet, you know, we talk about coaching and coming down to smart coaching and making decisions. If there's any way I see the Eagles winning the game, it might be – just you know, holding on to the ball for most of the game, uh, a couple long drives, 12, 13, 14 play drives that result in anything, and keeping the ball away from the, the Cowboys, yeah. that might be the, their best shot at winning this game. Well, I, I, think, I think they're going to run the ball a lot with Sanders. I think they're going to win the turnover battle. Uh, which just means, and that might be like, you know, they don't turn it over at all and the Cowboys turn it over once. I, I'm going to guarantee you right now they're going to run some gimmick play, right? The Eagles will run some, you know, type of gimmick play, whether it's a flea flicker or a halfback option or a fake punt or something like that. Something that I, I, I can see the game being close at halftime, you know, within like, you know, three or four points, you know, at most a touchdown. Um, and then something big happens late in the game that swings a momentum, whether it's the trick play or a turnover or something like that, and they hold on. And I think the game's close. I think it's a field goal game, but I could absolutely see the Eagles winning on a late field goal. Um, I just have, I, I just, you know, the Cowboys are, you know, and, and again, the Cowboys and the Eagles have had very similar seasons in the sense that, um, you know, I think before the season we talked about, but we, we both thought both of these teams were double-digit win teams. We thought... Both these teams are going to the playoffs, and now it turns out only one's going to go. And But I will say this. I think, you know, if you're Minnesota or if you're Seattle, um, you don't want to come to Philadelphia and you don't want to go to Dallas yeah. uh, and wild card weekend and have to play one of those teams on the road. Now, San Francisco's a different story. I think if San Francisco does, I think they... I think they smashed the Cowboys. I think they probably smashed the Eagles, too. But, you know, Seattle and Minnesota are not as, you know, these great teams that we've seen in the past in these wildcard weekends. And I could easily see the Eagles or the Cowboys upsetting them. 
Um, but for this weekend, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take the Eagles. Uh, close, but late. They pull it out on a uh, Jake Elliott. Is it Jake or Josh? I think it's uh, the kicker. Bob Elliott? Is his <laughs> name Bob? I don't know. He's a the, kicker. He whoever does, does the, he, does whoever he have the first kick, name? What is <laughs> kicker guy? Kicker guy kicks a touchdown late, late, late in the game, uh, and and the Eagles win win a close one. Makes my life pretty miserable for at least you know Monday into Tuesday until I get over it and realize that you know the season for the Cowboys was pretty much cursed from the beginning. But on the bright side, it does guarantee that Jason Garrett will not be retained beyond the year, and that I know secretly a lot of Eagle fans. I know what's going to happen, too, is if somehow the Cowboys win the game, Eagle fans will then be rooting for a deep run by the Cowboys to the NFC Championship game. Like, the like the like really, the worst-case scenario for Cowboys fans would be, you know, beat the Eagles. If they beat the Eagles, they win the division. Right. If the Eagles beat the Cowboys, the division's not over. They still have to beat the Giants, but they probably will. But So the, the worst-case scenario would be Cowboys win the division – win the first round of a playoff game, win a second playoff game to go to the NFC Championship, and then lose but play competitively enough that Jerry Jones in a scotch-induced stupor at a bar later that night, you know, puts his arm around Jason and goes, you know, Jace, I know I said some bad stuff about you this year, but uh, how about you come back for another five years, huh? Let's go get ourselves a championship. And then I wake up one morning and read that on the Twitter feed and just go, "Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me!" But well, I think this is uh, this is. I, I I agree that I think this is most likely Garrett's last hurrah. Oh, he's done, and he's I done. don't think anything short of going to the Super Bowl, going to the Super Bowl, maybe not winning it, but making it to the Super Bowl. Oh, you think he has to win the NFC Championship? Yeah, yeah. which he can't. There's no way this team could do that. I don't think so. I mean, but if you I had two I, wins and made it to the title game. That would be impressive. But what if? What but, if? But what if? Like, let's you know. I'll give you this scenario. So let's say he beats Seattle at home, round one, right? But then he would have to go on the road and beat somebody really good. You'd have to go on the road and beat, you know, Green Bay or beat uh, San Francisco or beat New Orleans. You upset then, and then you go to the NFC Championship game and you play it. And let's say you 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 lose by three. Yeah. You don't think Jarrah? It's going to be like, I don't know, I, I didn't... You know, you know what? It's so annoying. Because I know how Jerry Jones thinks. He would think, he would think it was because of him, right? He'd right. be like, I put all that pressure on him right. and he came through, right? And it was because of me and I can mold him into this coach who I can also, by the way, control too. Right. So I think if, under that scenario, I don't think he has to win the NFC Championship. I think he's got to get there and it's got to be competitive. Right, uh, if he got there and they lost by twenty-one, yeah, then I don't think that does him a whole lot. But almost certainly, I think I think he's gone. Now the Eagles, you know, Doug Peterson is safe because I don't know. There's got to be a rule that you get a five-year grace period if you win a Super Bowl, right? Well, when you, when you win the whole damn thing, Peter, yeah, they're, right. a, they're a little bit as more fluke as fluky as it was. You know, <laughs> you have to confirm with NFL when films that those games those games actually happen, but they did win the Super Bowl. Um, uh, that that game, and this will—I don't want to—I <laughs> don't want to shift topics too much. But I will say this: that game was just like cosmic payback to all Philadelphians for all the years of disappointing finishes, of all the years with teams that we thought were great, thought had a chance, 
all the years where we had home field advantage, where we lost four years in a row in the NFC title game, all the gut-punching losses. You know, you couldn't draw that thing up. It, it, it that, that season played out like it was a movie, and you really couldn't, you know, the truth was stranger than fiction that year, and I'm not sure it would ever repeat itself again. But I do feel like I can finally, you know, die comfortably knowing that I witnessed that one season of sports where it just seemed like everything came together. But that's all I'll say about that. So if, if the Eagles lose this, this Sunday, right, right? And they finish the year eight and eight or, or seven and nine, right? Uh, Peterson's safe. Right. What about Schwartz and, and Grohl, the uh, coordinators? I mean, they have to go, don't they? They'd have to make some changes, I would think, because the team kind of. I mean, not only did they get injured, but I the mean, the team, de- the, the yeah. Eagles' defense has been a horror show all right. year, and you can't really point to that and be like, "Oh, but injuries, right?" Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, I I think look. It cuts both ways in the sense that they're in this position now, week 17. Both teams have a chance to go to the playoffs after really kind of disappointing years. you got to give them credit, both teams, for not giving up. But, uh, yeah, will changes be made? I, I think this fan base and, and Jeffrey Lurie and management would probably demand it because, uh, you know, Dougie said this was going to be the new norm. And he also said before the Super Bowl year that 9-7 and seven sucks. So we don't want nine and seven. We want to get back to double digits. We want to get, and and now I know that now I know how to win a Super Bowl too. After that seventeen year, you got to have the first or second seed in the entire conference. Yeah, playoffs. you got you got to, the buy. You have to have the buy. Yeah, I mean, look at what happened then last year when they go to you know to New Orleans. They were a pretty hot team, and then they go to one of the absolute toughest places to play, and that's like having an extra man on the field. So we'll see. So uh, those are the reasons you've now heard it. Dallas will win. Eagles will win. This has been Face Off. I am Josh Scarpello. He is Pierre Latour. Thanks for listening to Justice for All. We will have one more episode for you uh, coming very soon. Uh, But for now, when you need a good lawyer and you're in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania or in New Jersey, remember us, Scarpello and Latour. That's www.phillybestdefense.com. You are listening to the Justice for All podcast. My name is Pierre Latour. I'm here with my partner, Josh Scarpello. Josh and I founded Scarpello and Latour 10 years ago because we wanted to take the years of trial experience we had gained as former Philadelphia prosecutors and use it to help those accused of crimes and those seriously injured. We have won hundreds of trials, getting not guilty verdicts for clients and winning millions for those who have been injured by the police or through the negligence of others. If you've been arrested or if you have been injured by the police or others, call us at Scarpello and Latour, 215-732-0460, or visit our website at www.phillybestdefense.com. That's www.phillybestdefense.com.